Welcome everyone to Nuck If You Buck, the Milwaukee Bucks podcast that explains how your local team stacks up against the rest of the NBA. Hey Hoopheads, we appreciate you listening to this episode of Nuck If You Buck. Be sure to check out these other NBA pods on the Hoopheads podcast network, including Cavalier Central, Daily Thunder, 305 Culture, Spanning the Spurs, Motor City Hoops, X's and O's NBA Breakdown, LA Hoops, The Wizards Hoops Analyst, At the Buzzer, and Lakers Fast Break. Plus our coaching-focused podcast, Thrive with Trevor Huffman, Beyond the Ball, the CoachMaze.com podcast, Players Court, Bleachers and Boards, The Green Light, and Courtside Culture. Oh, and don't forget to check out our flagship, the Hoopheads podcast, hosted by me, Mike Cleansing, and my co-host, Jason Sunkel, featuring the best minds in the game, from grassroots to the NBA. Hey, Hoopheads, we all hate ankle sprains, and they happen way too often. Ankle injuries are the number one sports-related injury. Arise is trying to change that. With the iFast, your athletes get preventative protection and full mobility. Athletes no longer need to wear bulky braces that limit performance and give mediocre protection. Anyone playing sports should be using these products. Keep your athletes in the game. Don't wait for them to get hurt to take action. Visit www.arise.com slash team pricing to learn more. That's A-R-Y-S-E dot com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Nuck If You Buck, the Milwaukee Bucks show brought to you by me, Devin Zanskis, and Hoopheads, as always. Today, I'm coming at you solo, but we have the Bucks' 0-2 deficit in the NBA Finals to cover. That's right. Bucks are still in the NBA Finals. It's kind of surreal, I must say. Um, despite the disappointing start to this series, um, it certainly is not over. <laughs> I know uh, there's the more optimistic uh, series doesn't start until the uh, home team loses crowd. Uh, we may have some stats to throw out there to to back up uh, why that may be semi-real, semi-unrealistic, but I'm going to try and take a more positive tone here because, um, you know, we have come an extremely long way to get to where we are. Um, didn't plan on uh, jumping, jumping out of the gates with this, but uh, to correct uh, I believe what I said uh, on last week's episode. This is the first time we've been this far since nineteen uh, since nineteen seventy four. Uh, we were in fact one one away from the finals in oh one with that Bucks team with Ray Allen, uh, Big Dog, Sam Cassell, and the bunch. But yeah, I I would say my attitude, despite the deficit, has been um, you know accepting of whatever the result is. I can definitely see uh, Milwaukee fans being bummed if the series continues to play out the way that it has, just because uh, maybe it's more difficult to have uh, the Larry O'Brien trophy just on the horizon there. But um, I think losing uh, either of the previous two series against either the Nets with two of their three superstars out or the Hawks that we were clearly just... um, better than would have been a lot more demoralizing than going up against this Phoenix Suns team who's just a a really exceptional team perhaps even well yeah definitely more injury luck than even we have had uh, this postseason Uh, I know many of 
thrown out the word asterisk this year, but teams get lucky every single year. So I would say try to remove remove that from from your mind as much as possible. Um, but yeah, we we still got a shot out there, Bucks fans. Um, there are uh, certainly two schools of thought. Um, I suppose one is that there have only been uh, four NBA champions to come back from an 0-2 deficit in the history of the NBA. So um, that's one way to look at it. But but another way to look at it is that we were down 0-2 at the beginning of last series as well, and um, <laughs> and and the loss and the losses there were a lot less competitive um, compared to this one, especially that game two where we lost by. Uh, 39. Who would have thunk after that point that we would have gotten out of the conference semifinals? So, uh, lots of basketball yet to play. Um, but we certainly had had a treat in game two um, where despite Giannis's historic performance, um, Bucks, of course, accepted that 0-2 deficit. Uh, not a lot of help from our other two stars in Drew and uh, Chris. Uh, Drew definitely had some defensive highlights, but he and Chris both did not shoot any better than 33% from the field. Uh, Bucks had their usual suspects starting out there, and same for the Suns, same starters for them. Giannis and Drew were aggressive offensively right away, I believe splitting uh, the first eight Bucks points between the two of them. Um, halfway through the first quarter, um, the Bucks led the point-in-the-paint battle uh, 16-0, to uh, as the as the Suns' first 18 points were were all on threes, or at least 18 of their first 20 points were were on threes, which uh, you, even even for the Suns, that's that's got to be some sort of an outlier an outlier uh, shooting performance for them. They ended up with uh, 20 on the game overall. Um, at that point, though, halfway through the first, uh, the three-point battle was um, split up, both shooting uh, 50%, but the Bucks on two three three-point attempts and the Suns on eight three-point attempts there. After the first quarter, the Bucks actually led 29-26 to 26 after the first quarter. Giannis had seven points and four rebounds, and Jay Crowder led it uh, after one with... Uh, with six points, three rebounds, and two assists. Uh, the beginning of the second, we started out with both Bryn and Bobby on the court at the same time. Um, so it's pretty pretty tough uh, rotation to have, given all the weapons that the Suns have. So Portis was quick, quickly replaced by uh, P.J. Tucker, as, as I believe uh, Devin Booker just went right at Bryn Forbes at the point of attack. And then, of course... Uh, little little rim protection from Bobby there, so that was a that was a pretty big sign to to Bud that we had to had to get some more defense on the floor. It's also a pretty big uh, sun swing midway through the second, which included Drew missing a couple bunnies, um, a Suns three, and then a uh, bad Drew Holiday turnover as well. Um, second game in a row where the Bucks were just getting really unlucky. Um, or panicking at the basket and just seemingly uh, missing extremely good looks. Uh, one of these plays was uh, Drew Holiday uh, car- actually actually carving up the defense pretty well in the pick and roll, which 
Um, he definitely has the capability to, but not as not as frequently as a Chris Paul, of course. Um, perhaps included in that was a uh, 7-0 run from the Suns from the 5 to the 3-minute mark. And at halftime, uh, by that point, the Suns had overtaken the lead, lead and held on to it for the rest of the game. Uh, uh, 45 to 56 Suns at half. Giannis with 12 points and 8 rebounds. Uh, Bridges with 13 points and 2 rebounds. Um, that being said, said, even though the, Hun- the Suns wouldn't give up the lead uh, quite yet at that point, um, it would be a close affair uh, throughout the duration of the game due to uh, Giannis really heating up in the third quarter. Um, meanwhile, Booker also sunk some pretty difficult uh, mid-rangers as Giannis scored 13, uh, 13 uh, straight Bucks points. Um, and towards the end of the quarter, um, Brooke had a couple soft fouls called on him on both of the uh, Suns cams. The first one was was campaign just running straight into uh, Brooke Lopez, and that was certainly not a foul uh, whatsoever. Uh, this was even this was even off ball, so it wasn't even like uh, it wasn't even a play on the ball with camp with uh, campaign uh, driving to the rim and going and going for t- work for contact. It was just Cam being a hundred pounds lighter and bouncing off of the big man. Uh, the second foul there was was Brooke contesting a shot on Cam Johnson, which which may have actually been been a foul, but uh, perhaps perhaps soft at that. Uh, I mean, I didn't. I didn't think the. I'm not about to start saying that the reason we lost this was because of the, the refs at all. Considering uh, how poor of offensive performances we got from Chris and Drew, but luckily we had Giannis there for us, who put up uh, 20 points overall in the third quarter, which is the most, um, the most points that a player scored in a single finals quarter since Michael Jordan in 1993 against. Uh, the Suns, ironically, um, as uh, that twenty point that twenty point quarter from Giannis was only was only able to uh, uh, outscore the Suns by one that quarter, as it was still a ten point lead for the Suns going into the going into the fourth. Seventy eight, eighty eight Suns. Giannis had thirty two points, twelve rebounds, and three assists to Devin Booker's uh, two points, uh, five rebounds, and six assists. Um, There'd be some highlight plays early in the fourth, including a Giannis block followed by uh, Brooke catching a lob. Giannis would actually leave the the court briefly as uh, Bucks fans waited in bated breath, but it, it looked to it turned out to just be to just be a foot cramp as he went to the sidelines, uh, took off his shoe and stretched it out a bit, and returned later. Uh, but Devin Booker would keep filling it up with uh, three early threes in the fourth quarter. Uh, Drew Holiday would hit hit a couple timely baskets and get a steal, but the Suns' hot shooting would continue for for the rest of Phoenix, and uh, you could even tell that the Bucks were pretty demoralized toward the end of it, as they they had some pretty bad uh, contests. I was definitely I was definitely at landmark, just shouting uh, at the TV like a maniac, because uh, by the by the end of this one, uh, Bucks players were just would would just see would just see the long closeouts ahead of them. Uh, with with Sun player Suns players getting wide open beyond the arc, and there were a couple times where they didn't even bother to contest the way the night was going. Who knows if it would if it would have changed the landscape of the game at all? But 
definitely frustrating for a fan to see still. I mean, you're playing you're playing the best game of your life and, you know, you'd, you'd think you'd, you'd be able to to sprint out to close out no matter what throughout, throughout 48 minutes. But who am I to say? I suppose. And, and, and if you do have to sprint back uh, to close out, that's already pretty terrible uh, three-point defense to begin to begin with. So kind of like we've seen all year, perhaps the perhaps the Bucks were sacrificing a little bit too much of a three-point defense to protect the paint. Uh, Suns took home the victory here with that uh, perpetual 10-point lead throughout the entire game once they had taken over uh, 108-118. Giannis with 42-12 and 4, and Booker with uh, 31-5-6. That is a Bucks. Uh, a franchise uh, record for points in a finals game, and obviously a yeah. Uh, uh, you know, I feel like I read somewhere that that could have been a Giannis uh, playoff career high as well. But I, I feel like there may be some low hanging fruit there. Maybe a game even earlier in these playoffs where he may have outscored that. So I could be completely wrong there. Um, but yeah. Really, unfortunately, with this being a loss, that historic uh, Giannis game will probably not be remembered as well as it should be. Uh, I know uh, my brother Drew is saying that, that that might have been one of one of the best games he's seen from Giannis throughout his entire career, especially considering the stage that he's on. I'd say uh, I'd support that claim, but little, very little hope from Chris and Drew. Chris in this one. Only 11.6 rebounds and 8 assists uh, with uh, 2 steals. Uh, 5 of 16 from the field. 1 of one of 6 from 3 and 0 for 0 from the line. Um, another game where, where Chris doesn't get to the foul line at all and that is just uh, putrid execution there. Um, I, I don't think I'm adequately expressing how... <laughs> How upsetting it is for for Drew to lay, or pardon me, Chris to lay such an egg, and as well with Drew there, uh, seventeen points, five rebounds, seven assists, two steals, two blocks. Yet seven of twenty-one from the field, one of three from three, two of three from the free throw line. Um, I'm definitely not just going to put this all on Chris because Drew definitely deserves some blame. I, I mean, Chris had the better game, or jeez. Drew had the better game. Uh, if you if you include his defense as well, with a couple blocks on Aiden, I believe one of them was was called a foul of him just going straight up on Aiden, but it looked pretty clean to me. So he may have only got credited for for two blocks in this game. Uh, yeah, I got the stat line right there. He's only credited credited with two blocks this game because uh, one of those on Aiden was called a foul, even though I'm a bit skeptical of that. And then there's the huge highlight transition block that he had on Devin Booker. Many of you listeners may remember um, around the time when we acquired Drew Holiday, there was a viral video out, out there of him uh, playing. I believe he's playing king of the court with with uh, his brother Aaron, uh, also in the league, the youngest um, guard for the Indiana Pacers, and then uh, some other uh, athletic-looking non-NBA playing Joe Schmo out there and uh, there, there was a clip of Drew blocking said Joe, Schmo, Joe Schmo's shot um, just like he did 
uh, and Devin Booker in these finals. I mean, so kind of crazy when when you when you compare uh, certainly the stakes of the two <laughs> defensive possessions there. But uh, I haven't even done so yet of, of uh, looking back at that YouTube video. But I know it's out there, and I would definitely encourage any of my listeners out there to to put a quick uh, YouTube search in for that. Um. So yeah, I kind of I kind of led with a lot of this, but really you you can it's been a roller coaster of emotions especially with this team. You never you never quite know um what to expect from them night to night, especially with the supporting cast. Um we can uh I think Giannis is, is a bit more reliable, but he's certainly not perfect himself. Although he did just come back from an injury that looked like it could have been a torn ACL knock on wood and put up a franchise uh franchise finals high in points but um so yeah like only four teams have come back from an 0-2 deficit in the finals that's the of course the 2016 Cavs 06 Heat 77 Blazers and the 69 Celtics um so even though we did come back from 0-2 against the Nets after losing uh by 39 um the Suns, Suns definitely have, have a lot more horses than the Nets did at that point. So Suns have that going for them. And um, I definitely wouldn't, wouldn't encourage anyone to put their money on the Bucks at this point. But um, regardless, regardless, it's been a long journey. And I think uh, going into the season, you would have been, uh, been pretty happy with, with uh, in a vacuum with the result of uh, get, getting into the NBA Finals, regardless of if you come home with a win or not. Hurts to not bring home a Larry O'Brien trophy with it being uh, so close to being in hand, but um, yeah, we've we've all we've all ridden that roller coaster of emotion. So at this point, it's it's kind of up to, up to you uh, in terms of how you, how you want to take the the results of these games. If you wanna if you want to take a long view and appreciate it, or if you just want to take a short term view and be pissed off that uh, that Drew and Chris can't. Uh, can't both have even a relatively efficient game at the same time at the highest stage, but I can't blame you for thinking either way. Uh, and in light of the loss, uh, we did get uh, we did get some rumors out there that we may have an appearance from a Larry Sanders and a Brandon Jangs together. Now that the games are going to be going back to the uh, Pfizer Forum for games three and four coming up, so. Um, hopefully we'll get an appearance from the, from those two. That'll definitely hype up the crowd a bit. Uh, I'm stealing, stealing this a bit from uh, Lockdown Bucks or yeah, Lockdown Bucks with uh, as uh, it's kind of funny because Larry Sanders was campaigning to as Larry Sanders was campaigning to get uh, courtside seats. It almost seemed him and Brandon Jennings. I'm sure it would definitely hype hype up the crowd and be worth it for the Bucks to give them seats. But I could also see the Bucks' apprehension uh, that lockdown Bucks suggested suggested with giving away free courtside seats to to those two. When Larry Sanders can definitely afford it afford it on its own. I'm look I'm pulling up his basketball reference right now, and I think I might have even um, shared these facts incorrectly with some friends when they were suggesting it. Um, we will be pay- paying Larry Sanders in um, an annual salary of of 
over 1.8 million, not only for um, throughout all of this year, but also next year as he was stretched in, um, let's see, he was, he is bought out and likely stretched around the same time as uh, February uh, 21st, 2015. And he is stretched over seven years as he must have had three years remaining on that, um, on that four-year, $44 million deal that he signed. Of course, we know the stretch provision means that uh, you'll take the uh, total amount of salary remaining from that original $44 million, and then you'll stretch it over the remaining years, three years times two plus one year. Uh, and uh, Basketball Reference also uh, spells it out here where um, he'll be receiving uh, 15... Yeah, at the end of it, he'll receive $15.2 million over uh, seven years. So, Larry, I think you'll be able to uh, to scoop your own courtside tickets there and maybe throw a bone to your friend uh, Brandon. But we know Brandon's uh, Brandon's made some money himself, too, from the Milwaukee Bucks. So, but, you know, who, who, who am I to care about some, some millionaire's money, you know? If that's what it takes, give the men some free tickets. And uh, with that, I'd like to share a word from our new sponsors in Manscaped. Support for Knock a Few Buck today is brought to you by Manscaped, who's the best in men's below-the-bell grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped just launched their fourth-generation trimmer, the Lawnmower 4.0. That's right, 4.0. Join over 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer of 20% off and free worldwide shit free. Free worldwide shipping with the code Giannis. That's G-I-A-N-N-I-S at manscaped.com. Imagine shaving with a sleek, well-designed and optimized trimmer that makes shaving time your favorite time in the bathroom. I'm one of the first people to try the new 4.0 and I'm blown away with the performance. The craftsmanship and details on the 4.0 are next level. I, like every brave soldier, have endured more battle wounds than I'd like to admit. In addition, while using a conventional razor and putting myself in harm's way, uh, uh, more often than necessary and subjecting myself to uh, too much cleanup for sure. Now with Manscaped, I can use their waterproof lawnmower 4.0 in the shower line me to have a more effective shave more often and with less hassle. That to me is the best takeaway with uh, the lawnmower 4.0 is, is it just saves you uh, a lot more time. I know I and many other men probably put off uh, taking care of themselves and just feeling the best and looking their best just because uh, it takes it takes so much time uh, to it just takes so much time to groom not only uh, not only your uh, ball chin but also your balls. So yeah, get the lawnmower 4.0 for sure. Manscaped has engineered the ultimate uh, groin and body trimmer by focusing on intelligent functionality and an incredibly comfortable grooming experience. Their fourth generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents. Thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. Now I feel confident when I'm shaving my boys. The Lawnmower 4.0, 4.0 even allows you to customize your trim through additional guard lengths of uh, sizes 1 through 4. Did I mention wireless charging? The new wireless charging system uses electromagnetic induction, which can help battery length last longer. Men, if you've been shaving with the same nut trimmer on your face, you've been doing it all wrong. Here at Nuck If You Buck, we expect. Uh, much more from our listeners out there. It's time for you, uh, time for you to get your own 
uh, ball hair and body trimmer with Manscaped to make me time the best time and enhance your experience with some nice smooth boys. Your balls will thank you. So you can get 20% off and free shipping with the code Giannis. It's G-I-A-N-N-I-S at manscaped.com. Again, 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com if you use the code Giannis. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for your family jewels. Obligatory coffee and water break. That's right. We're double fist in here, but coffee will do. So if you can't tell, we're going in reverse chronological order here, starting off with uh, with Giannis, with Giannis's, uh heroic performance in game two that uh franchise uh finals career the franchise finals uh record and the 20 point fourth quarter most in the finals since michael jordan in 93 also against the phoenix suns those are the big takeaways uh but unfortunately uh we did not uh Giannis there did not get enough help uh from the rest of the troops out there. But we'll go back in time even further to Giannis miraculously returning for game one. Um, fortunately, another loss there. But, um, you know, un- unlike in game uh, two there, Giannis actually got a lot of help uh, from Chris Middleton. With uh, At the end of the game, he had 29 points, seven rebounds, four assists, really heating up late. But Chris Paul... Uh, really stole the show there with uh, 32.4 rebounds, 9 assists. Chris Paul especially was uh, carving up our big man, hunting hunting them in pick and roll. As we're still heavily favoring a switch all system. And hard to blame, blame Bud there because simply uh, Chris Paul and Devin Booker are two of the best three level scorers and difficult shot makers in the league. So... It's uh, pretty hard to, to devise a defense against those two because they can really do everything. And obviously, they share the court together. So, yeah, pretty tough to stop those two while also being surrounded by plenty of shooters and, a, and an incredibly versatile DeAndre Ayton who uh, who cannot be taken advantage of nearly as much as a uh, Brooke Lopez or a Bobby Portis. Um, however, after the game, uh, the Athletics' Dave Dufour and Seth Partnow did uh, remind their fans to not judge defense based off of the result. Uh, I believe that was direct directed um, at the Milwaukee Bucks critics because honestly, okay, Bobby Portis definitely had his moments where he was where he was pretty embarrassed by Chris Paul there. But I I think he and and including Brooke moved, moved their feet pretty well and even had some pretty fair contests against. Against the Sun shooters, it just at the end of the day, sometimes, uh, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, gonna call it a make or miss league when we're in the finals here. That's way oversimplifying it, but yeah, like I said, these are two, two of the best difficult shot makers in the league. So sometimes the ball just goes in, and you can't do anything about it. But, um, but yeah, you can't, you can't just, uh, yeah, you can't just evaluate defense based off of the result. Is really all those two are saying, whom I trust very much. Um, you know, you, you still, you still wouldn't call, uh, a 40% shooter, um, taking a wide open shot, uh, good defense by the, by the opposition. If they, even if they miss that wide open corner three, um, so you shouldn't just say, um, Brooke Lopez played terrible defense on Chris Paul or Devin Booker if they 
if they hit a fadeaway shot in which they were shooting at a 45 degree, degree angle over the seven footers. So, you know, they did their best, but fortunately was not good enough. Um, Chris had that 29 point outing and Giannis was, you know, as playing about as well as you could expect from a guy who nearly tore his ACL knock on wood uh, just a couple games prior. I believe he only ended up with, with around, uh, with around 20 points, but plenty of rebounds and essentially he and, he and DeAndre Ayton sort of canc- canceled out each other in the box score. Um, I believe both of them are are two of the very few uh, players to open up their uh, NBA Finals debut with uh, 20.15 rebound uh, outputs. But yeah, I mean, obviously Giannis is still averaging 31 points per game so far in these finals, so. We'll, we'll we'll give him a pass there, but two two bad offensive Drew Holiday games uh, in a row there in the finals is uh, pretty tough to to uh, to secure a series there. And game one here, Drew Holiday um, scored ten points, seven rebounds, nine assists, four of fourteen from the field, oh four on threes, two of two from the line. Uh, Drew Holiday did. Only allow Devin Booker to make one of his six shots um, when when he was defending Booker, but Booker did not actually have have a great night from the field. Uh, kind of hmm, percentage wise, it wasn't far off from from Drew Holiday's um, game two because I know Booker Booker took twenty or twenty one shots in that first game, but only made. Um, only made single-digit free uh, field goal attempts, um, but yeah, I would say Drew's game one performance was was uh, fairly similar to Chris's game two performance, where sometimes sometimes you you forgot that that each of them were were even on the court. Nevertheless, I'll uh, I'll get into the game uh, game action here. Uh, is the same Bucks. Uh, same Bucks starters and the usual suspects starting for the Suns as well. Um, Drew opened up the game uh, guarding Devin Booker and PJ Tucker was on Chris Paul. Um, given how good of a performance that Chris Paul had uh, in game one, you maybe wonder why Drew wasn't on uh, Chris Paul, but um, you know, it's kind of like pick your poison between those two and Honestly, if you have to be more afraid, of, more afraid of one or the other here, um, I'd probably be more afraid of of Devin Booker going off uh, shooting wise because even though Chris Paul's one of the craftiest guys to ever play the game, uh, Devin Booker just has has a lot more size uh, to him and and uh, and yeah, I think I think he's just more difficult to defend based off of that, um, but. I mean, they each they each put up put up uh, slightly over thirty points in uh, one of these two first two finals games. So again, it's more of like pick your poison there. And I think uh, Drew Holiday was one of the few um, one of the few impressive Devin Booker's on or uh, one of the few impressive defenders on Devin Booker this season. Um, I know Sam Vecini on the Game Theory podcast had a had a Suns fan on the podcast opening up to this series, and I think I think they were even suggesting, among others, that that this might be 
uh, the ideal matchup for them having uh, Drew open up on Booker and then um, either P.J. Tucker or Chris Middleton on Chris Paul. Um, but especially opening up games, you really got to have P.J. guarding. Um, yeah, I like the idea of P.J. guarding uh, Drew or guarding Booker or Chris um, just because he's kind of wasted guarding uh, McCall Bridges or Jay Crowder out there because, of course, PJ is, isn't going to give us a ton on offense besides some spot-up shooting, maybe some offensive rebounds and some missed bunnies. So if he's if he's not having if he's not guarding one of the better players on the other team, um, he's just not having having a having a large enough impact on the game. And if he can save, if he can possibly uh, save Chris Middleton some effort on the defensive end, I think that's a win. Um, to open up the contest as well, Brooke did catch a couple touchdown passes and sink a three um, in the early goings there. Bucks uh, still in game one, missing uh, a number of bunnies in the first quarter as the Suns held an, held an early lead after one, 26 to 30. Giannis with uh, eight points, five rebounds, and two assists to Devin Booker's 12 points, two rebounds, three assists. There's a there's a lot of uh, Jeff Teague in both of these games here, um, to the chagrin of many Bucks fans. Game one was not Teague's, Teague's best game here, but I think he did he did do a fair job defending uh, Chris Paul at times in game two. Um, but yeah, still um, probably getting getting a little too, a little too much action in both of these games. Even though I'm not going to completely drag him, Teague has hit. Uh, it's it's some threes in this series, but at the same time, early in the second quarter, he did have a have a pretty bad turnover where he just fell to the ground and got the ball ripped away from him. Bucks did have a 7-0 run at the seven to five minute mark in in uh, second quarter of game one. Uh, I thought there were plenty of foul calls going uh, going both ways, um, including two offensive fouls in short order on each side. Probably a makeup call in there as well. And then uh, right before the uh, the halftime buzzer was the Giannis uh, LeBron esque block there. Um, you know, I might I might have thought it was it was a bit of a bit of a stretch for a comparison at first until until I saw the replay where Giannis runs from nearly the same spot that LeBron did in uh, game game seven of the twenty sixteen finals where he blocked. Uh, where he blocked Andre Iguodala, and it was also a similar case as well, uh, blocking him on the on the right side of the backboard, and Chris Middleton playing that J.R. Smith role and slowing slowing the defender down to give Giannis uh, just a couple couple more uh, milliseconds there to to swat it away before it hits the glass. Yet the Suns still led at halftime, uh, forty nine to fifty seven. Uh, Chris Middleton with twelve points, four rebounds, and Devin Booker with. Uh, 16 points, two rebounds, and four assists at halftime. Um, Brooke was whistled uh, early on in the third quarter with uh, with a flagrant one on Chris Paul. Um, of course, the broadcast had to show the replay of Zaza Pachulia sliding under uh, Kawhi Leonard, but it's not completely dissimilar, I would say. I'm not going to say that, uh, that Brooke Lopez did that intentionally and Others may think Zaza Pachulia uh, did so on purpose against Kawhi Leonard way back in the day, but 
still it was it was the right call on Brooke Lopez whether or not you're you're uh you're bitter about that replay from the broadcast uh however Brooke was pretty effective on both ends um well more maybe more so on offense in this game let's, let's be real um Brooke was uh draining plenty threes and was was even our leading scorer uh like halfway halfway into the third quarter until Chris Middleton uh started to heat up um unfortunately though at the same time when when uh Right before Chris heated up, uh, Drew had had as many turnovers as field goal made field goals made midway through the third with uh, three field goals. Yeah, three turnovers. Um, and then uh, the same time when Chris was heating up, uh, well, yeah, both Chris's were heating up as uh, this was the point in time later on in the third when 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 Chris Paul would start to cook Bobby Portis with uh, two blow uh, blow bys and a contested three, um, but. Yeah, I mean, maybe maybe those blow bys were pretty tough, um, but Bobby was able to get a hand up uh, pretty good uh, in front of Chris Paul. Just sometimes, uh, sometimes just an inch of breathing room is all Chris Paul will really need. Um, and yeah, if you're if you're going to contest him that close, sometimes he is going to blow right by Bobby Portis. And just a matter of fact, not much more uh, you can do about that. And. Uh, yeah, as as the lead started to grow for the Suns, that was when Chris started started to sink threes to uh to to give the Bucks a sliver of hope there. But but at that point, there wasn't really any help from others. As going into the fourth quarter, the Suns led seventy five to ninety two. Chris Middleton then with uh, twenty two points, four rebounds, three assists to Chris Paul's twenty seven points, three rebounds, and six assists. Um. um some point here too is when uh, Dario Saric would go down. Um, certainly needs some help and uh, really hobbling off the court there. Um, clear, clearly affected um, with his knee. And news came out earlier that that uh, Saric did have a have a torn ACL, which is uh, terrible news for the Suns, who already had um, had a pretty pretty thin front court rotation. Um, but even more devastating for Saric, obviously. Hopefully, uh, hopefully he's able to come back better than ever. But will of course be uh, about a year of recovery for him. In that second game, actually, forgot to mention that uh, Tori Craig collided with uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo and uh, did not look good for Tori at all. But his diagnosis was similar to Giannis's, where he he was not uh, there was not any structural damage found with uh, Tori Craig. Uh, coming down at all there um and now he he's day to day to the point about Tory Craig there um I'll admit I haven't even taken the time to fully to fully read um to fully read the Jonathan Sharks article so forgive me if I'm speaking out of turn here and I mean no disrespect to uh John at all he's been a guy that I've I've really appreciated his work um his work throughout the years at the ringer. And I know he he's fighting quite a battle right now, but um, just re- reading the headline and skimming through to find a uh, PJ Tucker's uh, name at all there. Um, I, I really di- didn't see much evaluation at all or context regarding the PJ Tucker trade at all. When, when the Suns uh, uh, when the Suns were able to acquire uh, Tory Craig from us midway through the season. If, if many don't remember that, um, for cash considerations. So, you know, I just, yeah, I, I didn't, I didn't see much, 
much note at all of the of the actual PJ Tucker trade and acquiring PJ Tucker uh, and explaining why the Bucks moved away from Torrey Craig. Because as a reminder, we were we were right up against the apron even going into going into the season and then acquiring uh, acquiring a PJ Tucker um, later on too just just made our books even more strict. So. At the end of the day, at the end of the day, if we had to choose uh, PJ Tucker or Tory Craig, um, I I think I think everybody would uh, choose the former there, as we definitely would not have even gotten out of the uh, Eastern Conference semifinals without PJ Tucker. Even though I was really excited about having Tory Craig in the season, and I don't really understand to this day why Bud couldn't get more out of Tory Craig, and with the and with the thinned out wing rotation for us now. Uh, without Adante, you could you could see even more why we could use Tory Craig on our side instead of the Suns. But still, from the feedback I've seen from Milwaukee Bucks fans and my limited glance at um at the at the article, um, yeah, I, I I don't think it's I don't think it's quite as simple as as just giving away uh Tory Craig for the sake of doing so when we ended up with with a guy like PJ Tucker who's now starting for us and is a huge part of the reason why we're here. All right, without further ado, I'm going to keep moving along here. Um, although at this point, we already we're, we already know the result here. Um, I guess in game one, it was fairly close in the fourth quarter as as uh, as Suns were playing a lot of uh, Jay Crowder at center, which are definitely minutes that the Bucks need to win. And um, you know, sometimes it, it seemed seemed that the Bucks didn't take advantage of that enough. Um, to again not cut it to, yeah, to not cut into the lead even more um, as the Suns pretty much throughout these series. Whenever uh, you know, once 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 it gets to the second half, even in both of these games, uh, Bucks will hardly, if at all, got within um, got within uh, two possessions really, even though they were able to get get it back to a single digit deficit after a Bryn Forbes three. Uh, Chris Paul would continue late in game one to heat up, but also on both ends there, stripping Chris Middleton right at the nail. Later on, the the Bucks would would get a big stop on uh, DeAndre Ayton, even with our small ball lineup still in there. Um, ho- however, of course, with uh, Brent Forbes in there, in there for offense late in the game, uh, it does does afford uh, Devin Booker the chance to just go straight at him and and shoot a shoot a two point jumper right over him, um, with uh, not too much trouble. And we'd also see the Chris Paul and one on Giannis with uh, with Chris Paul pretty much um, decelerating right in front of Giannis, which definitely left a bitter taste in Bucks fans' uh, mouths, given the fact that. Uh, Giannis was in question going into this game, and of course his uh, hyperextended knee and risk of a torn ACL just games ago. But uh, knock on wood, Giannis was still okay uh, after that. And and uh, yeah, at the same time, if that is an offensive foul on Giannis, if uh, if he's not in control enough to to slow his momentum down to to knock a guy over, you know, if 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 he if he knocks a ball handler over, even if even if the guy's going for contact there, it is, it is an offensive foul. You can't just, can't just knock over the guy with the ball and not get whistled for it. So, uh, nevertheless, that single play did not swing the game and the Suns did take it away. 105 to 118. Um, big Chris Middleton performance with 29 points, seven rebounds, four assists. 
Um, fortunately, he could not match Chris Paul's 32 points, four rebounds, nine assists, or get um, enough enough help from Giannis, though he gets a pass with the 20 and 15. Uh, Chris uh, Drew Holiday, someone we're still asking for more help from. Um, again, only 10 points in this one. Seven rebounds, nine assists. Um, at a glance, seems seems uh seems pretty good with a full full box score there. But I mean, at least at least a butt's credit, these guys are playing 40 minutes a game. So 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 if you're not scoring, you you ought to at least be put be putting up uh, grabbing rebounds and dishing out assists. So you, you don't you don't get as much credit for filling up the box score uh, when you're playing the minutes that you should be in uh in the NBA Finals. So yeah, at the end of the day, I think I sort of uh, shared this sentiment also at the beginning of, of the Eastern Conference Finals when when we went down 0-1, eventually split, eventually split at 1-1 um, in both Milwaukee and Atlanta before we won the last two there without Giannis. And we manifested Bucks in six in the Eastern Conference Finals. But... Um, I suppose Bucks and Six is still possible in the NBA Finals, but uh, not incredibly lucky or not impre- not incredibly likely. And we'll have to uh, and we'll definitely have to have a have a good dose of luck to even get it to seven. And who knows what can happen if we we do get to a game seven against the Suns here? Certainly, many outcomes are still possible. Still, five possible games left to play. Only two more guaranteed, though. And uh, yeah, I'm choosing to stay positive, even though I'm not putting putting my money on the Bucks here. Credit to them for for getting this far and competing. I I don't have a ton of ton of errors to point out point to point out for them to be much better. Besides our guys simply stepping up, being more aggressive, um, trying to get better looks. Even if you're Chris Middleton, and along with Chris Paul and Devin Booker, you're one you're one of the best difficult shot makers. In league, you don't necessarily always have to make it difficult on yourself. And maybe you can try try and get to the basket and, you know, sink some free throws to, to, to light a spark under you. But yeah, the Sun the Suns team is just just a lot better of a team than than many of us would have expected. I know Monty Williams was uh, maybe the correct Coach of the Year vote after all, considering where these Suns have come from. Um, I know he got the coach's vote, but honestly, I maybe would I maybe would have voted for Tom Thibodeau myself, given the fact um, that that there still isn't a ton of talent on that on that New York Knicks team. And Chris Paul does help a lot with the team that's already emerging with with their own young stars. But yeah, the Suns have always played us pretty well. Some some may remember that in our first sixty win season, uh, the Suns were the only team to to beat the Bucks twice in the regular season. I remember watching that game. At the at the gym at the Clotchy way back when, um, at that point it felt like a major indictment for them to to win two games in a row against us. But how the turntables? Am I right? All right. And at this point, I will get into a word from our returning sponsors in Thrive Fantasy. Come prop up on Thrive Fantasy this season. Thrive Fantasy is a daily fantasy sports app. For player props, they've eliminated the need to do countless hours of research because they only ask you about the top-tier athletes in a respective sport. Uh, for example, if you're a little obsessive about one league like I am in the NBA, but a little, little casual about another, 
like for me with the NFL. I still think as a casual that that I could choose five out of ten player props to build uh, my own lineup. Each prop has a fantasy point total associated with an over-under based on its likelihood to occur. The more points, the selection's worth, the riskier it is. You want to rack up the most points to win a share of the player prize pool. Uh, Thrive has awarded over $2.2 million in prizes since launching in 2018, including $50,000 uh, guaranteed for a single late NFL uh, regular season week and thousands more since the beginning of the NBA. To take advantage of this, you'll want to use promo code Giannis. That's G-I-A-N-N-I-S. When you sign up today, you receive an instant deposit match up to $50 on your first deposit of $20 or more. Download Thrive Fantasy on the App Store or Play Store, or you can visit them at their website, www.thrivefantasy.com. Sign up and prop up today. All right. Obligatory water break before I get into the game that actually brought the Bucks to the NBA Finals. Clearly, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a bit off my rhythm here, not recording on a Sunday as I usually would. Uh, today, I'm recording on July 10th, the my niece Elsie's first birthday. Happy birthday, Elsie! Your uncle loves you very much. Um, yes, I'm. I'm definitely. I'm definitely off my rhythm here as I usually record on Sundays, and it's now been a full week. Uh, since uh, July 3rd, when many of us out there were celebrating Independence Day a bit early uh, with, with with the ones we love as I was, uh, uh, we got to celebrate a little harder as Chris Middleton sent the Bucks to the NBA Finals with a 23-point third-quarter explosion. Uh, in Game 6, Bucks and 6 prophecy fulfilled, as you all must be aware of at this point. <laughs> um, continuing on in reverse chronological chronological order here the bucks won 118-107 against the hawks in game six uh bucks starters in this one here this was the second game in a row without Giannis. um news going going into this one uh per chris haynes that um that uh Giannis could have returned for game seven of the eastern conference finals if if necessary um we definitely believe that a lot more now seeing him him uh all well and good for the nba finals um but we're playing with our food a little bit here with the with the series lead uh going into an elimination game for the atlanta hawks so starters here were uh drew holiday chris Middleton, pj tucker bobby portis and brooke lopez to the hawks uh trey young returning uh in the elimination game but he would not have a great performance uh himself uh Playing next to Bogdan Bogdanovich, Kevin Herter, or Huerter, John Collins, and Clint Capella. Um, bo- both sides were struggling a bit to open up this one as uh, each team brought the intensity uh, early in making making uh, making each side earn it um, earn it to uh, get to the bottom of the net. But Bucks would have an, an 8-0 run uh, from the three and a half to the two minute mark in the first quarter to take the first quarter lead, 28 to 24. Bucks after one Drew Holiday leading it with eight points, three rebounds to assist to Bogdan Bogdanovich's seven points. Um, again, Brooke was providing providing a spark offensively um, in the absence of Giannis again. Um, and Bucks were also doing it on both ends as the Hawks started the second quarter uh, slow, shooting only one of nine from the field. And uh, more Jeff Teague minutes, of course, as necessary, given uh, 
you know, given our uh, thinned out lineup and the lack of lack of depth to begin with with this roster before injuries even. Um, but the Bucks did not lose the lead with Teague on the floor, um, which even though I myself, I don't want to speak for others, have am slightly coming around or at least tempering my uh, temper when Jeff Teague comes on the floor. Um, starting here in game six when we did not lose the lead with uh, Teague on the floor, when we just needed him as, as, we need, as we need some bodies at some point besides our starters. Uh, Bucks held out of that to that four-point lead, 47-43 to 43 at halftime. Drew Holiday still leading it with 10 points, six rebounds, five assists, and Bogdan Bogdanovich with 11 points. Um, and uh, this is when the Chris Middleton uh, legacy game would begin. As my roommate Dominic would say, a Chris Middleton legacy game <laughs> uh, with 16 third-quarter points in just the first four minutes. Um you know, hard, hard, hard to believe, but, um, but yeah, I, I, uh, I feel inclined to trust my notes on that one. However, uh, Cam Reddish and the Hawks were uh, keeping pace with with a flurry of threes as well. This is definitely Cam Reddish's best game of his career. Um, but Drew Holiday was also sensing the moment and bringing bringing a ton of energy and attacking the basket as. Uh, with the two that we, we are missing at some points now in the NBA Finals, uh, Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday leading it in the absence of Giannis. Uh, Bucks went into the fourth, uh, leading 91-72. to 72. After three quarters, Chris Middleton, 28 points, three rebounds, four assists. Bogdan Bogdanovich with 15 points and two rebounds. Um, it really turned into turned into a, a shootout between the Bucks and the Hawks early in the fourth quarter. Um but the Hawks would actually, in desperation, us be getting some stops and uh, completing some second chance opportunities, leading to a 21 to seven Hawks run from the seven to the three and a half minute mark um, in the fourth quarter. Um, in that moment, this would be another time in which Bucks fans feared that the result that we're that we may be more familiar with, and that's and that's the Bucks not prevailing in these closeout games. Um, pointing back to that that Bucks game seven uh, win against the Nets, when many Bucks fans would be lying to you if if they uh, if they didn't have a uh, have a shredded out there. Um, as a uh, yeah, Buck, um, I'd say Wisconsin sports in general general. Uh, pessimistic fans that we may be with the uh, small market small market syndrome that I have uh, that I've outlined uh, don't don't always believe believe in our teams um, on the biggest stage I'll just I'll just say that um, maybe we're uh, sweating a Brit in their a bit in their britches there on uh, July third um, in this closeout game um, but they were able to hold, hold out. Hold out still with uh, with Chris Middleton closing out with his 32 points, four rebounds, seven assists. Cam Reddish with uh, 21 points, three three rebounds, three assists, and seemingly unconscious from three throughout this game. Um, even though the, the Hawks did give us a run for our money there, um, with the help of some soft foul foul calls late in the late in the fourth, like the Chris Middleton push off quote unquote on Trey Young, which was really um, which is really just Trey Young doing a ton of acting and 
fly, flying out of bounds when, when Chris Middleton uh, did not apply much, much pressure at all or push off of Trey at all. But little boy did not have his way, and uh, he had to uh, tell the the press that that he and the Hawks will be back will be back one day. Of course, they'll have many more bites at the apple. The the young squad there, but Bucks of course did move on to the NBA Finals, where we stand at the 0-2 deficit to the Phoenix Suns. But it's not over until the fat lady sings. We all know that. And uh, yeah, I would just uh, risk of belaboring the point um, even more. I would just say to Bucks fans that urge you all to just enjoy these moments as much as possible, whatever the outcome may be, because we all know we haven't been here um, since, I don't know, was Nixon in office then? I don't know. My uh, my knowledge really starts and ends with uh, basketball, as you may as you may guess. But it's been a long time coming for us to return to the NBA Finals. So, um, like, I'm finally letting loose, and normally I'm, I'm very strict about having to take in these playoff games or any big games. Um, now that I'm I'm tasked with uh, outlining all of this to you, the listeners, and hoping that I can be your one-stop shop for Bucks content uh, on a weekly basis, um, put a lot of pressure on myself. And um, with us being in the finals and this being such a rare opportunity, I'm finally letting loose and uh, getting back into the fan experience and watching these games with friends and at bars now, now that we can do so. Uh, much much more safely with the help of the vaccine. So I hope hope you all are, are surrounded by the ones you love and uh, just enjoying basketball while we have it. But yeah, there's still a chance for Bucks and Six. And so until that happens, I'll see you in another life, brother. Thank you for tuning in to Knuck If You Buck, the Milwaukee Bucks podcast. We hope you join us again soon. See you in another life, brother.